Welcome back to the Trav Says Podcast. We are your hosts, Kim and Aaron, and we are healthcare travelers and the creators of TravSess. TravSess is a company that has on and off the clock resources for healthcare travelers, on the clock being our course traveler school and off the clock being TravSess Adventures, where we are currently in Peru waiting for group number two. Which is so crazy. We're about to go hike Falcon Cave again for the second time next week. But we're going to get into all that this week on the podcast. So here we are in Peru. Wow. Okay. These are the out of breath podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> We're just sitting in our hotel room <laughs> trying to catch our breath as we are talking and sitting. It's hard work here in Cusco at what, 12,000 feet? Yeah, it's like 11 something. But I mean, it is one of those places that you're like burning calories by sitting and talking. I'm all here for it. Yep. You eat less. Yeah. You burn more calories. Yeah. You're hiking your little dick off. You poop more. Losing weight, pooping. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a whole vibe Drinking here. Drinking tea. Drinking moonia tea. And the food is so fresh. Yeah. So, okay, let's kind of roll it back. So, we haven't done a podcast for a couple of weeks, which, you know, it is what it is. Well, I was going to say, it actually, really quick, just led me to um, a topic that I want to do, because we could talk all day on that. And so, on, you know, just like... We hadn't done it in a couple of weeks and why and all those kind of things. So yeah. I was like, that would be like a, a good podcast topic that I want to talk about in the coming weeks. I, I feel like, I don't know, we, when we're with our groups, we're just fully present. It's a lot of energy. We didn't plan um, as many because we don't like to scale out the podcast too much because or like schedule them out too much because we like to be current and what's kind of going on. And so we had a couple of days that we had planned to sit down and record, but honestly, like these trips are so much fun and they're so full on, like we are full on present. We are just balls to the wall. And so when we do have a few minutes, we kind of just need to recharge our own batteries and kind of just be quiet with ourselves. So we did not record the podcast that we wanted to, but we are back now and we are going to recap the trip and share some kind of behind the scenes about the trip, some takeaways um, that came up during the trip and just kind of mm-hmm. like rehash it all. Yeah. I mean, it was, this was, so for all of you that didn't know or that don't know, we did Inca Trail last year in Peru and we did two groups, Inca Trail, tested that out. The whole time we we're on the Inca Trail, our guides kept saying, you have to do Salcante, have to do Salcante. It's my favorite trail. It's my favorite trail. It's my favorite trail. So we we're like, Okay, so let's explore this Salcante, and then that way we at least have two things to choose from in Peru. Yeah. And so Salcante is no joke, people. So before we get into the, <laughs> the, the hike itself, you know, because, yeah, Salcante was one of the hardest things we've ever done. I feel like it's a good thing we've kind of forgotten what yeah. it was like. They said because, it's like childbirth. Yeah, because <laughs> it was like so hard and so grueling and just physically demanding, and it was just so tough. And we're about to do it again next week. So I feel like I've kind of forgotten that already. I have. Um, I, I'm hoping this podcast won't bring back up all the the memories uh, because we have to do it again no, regardless. Um, but before we get into the actual trail, it's interesting because this past group that showed up for so Travis Peru group number one, which 
I feel like that's such a weird group number one, group number two. It sounds so impersonal. So the Cusco the Kitties. The Cusco Kitties. That was our that was our trail name. Um, this was the first group that we did not know one person in um, real life. Yeah, in real life, like we didn't know anyone. We've never we never met anyone in real life. Obviously. We're all friends on social media and we talk on social media, but that's very different than actually meeting people. And so usually we know a couple of people that are coming on in the group. Mm -hmm. We didn't know one person. And I'll say that this group was such a vibe. It mm -hmm. was the, it was so easy. I feel like everyone just clicked. Everyone just got off like from the start. It was so fun, high vibe, good energy. And it's funny because, you know, we didn't know anyone in the group, right? And so a lot of people said like, we see you, you know, you guys talk about, oh, like come as strangers, leave as family. And you see that and you're like, kind of like, okay, cool. But how does that actually happen, right? Because we're only together for like 11 days. Is that just bullshit or, you know, I don't really get it. Is it, it a catchphrase? Yeah, is it just something you kind of say? And everyone was like, I get it now. Like, I I get it. Like, I, we are so close. You feel like a family. We've walked away with, you know, 11 or 11. How many people? 13. 13. 13. Well, you got to include us, 15. 15 new <laughs> friends, new family. And it was just really cool to have that kind of feedback where they're like, we get it now. Um, and it is something so unique and so special and so intimate that you become very close very quickly and we all just clicked. And you do, you feel like you have a family. There was one guy who said, I have spent more time with you people, right? You quote unquote strangers. In a block of time. In a block of time than I have with my family mm -hmm. in like the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. And it is, it's a very condensed, short period of time, but it's very- um, Impactful. Impactful and powerful and mm -hmm. falls to the wall and we're together all the time and you just get so close so fast. Well, I, mean, and I think it's a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing. You know, I think it's a formula that we have created and that is out there. And I think realizing that we've done trips in, in different places and when you really get strangers out of their comfort zone, bring people together from the get to where it's not clicky, it starts to feel like a family. You're getting to know people. It's interesting, their stories. Yes, energy has a lot to do with that. And we got, you know, this group was absolutely amazing. But then you go and you're outside of your comfort zone in a new place and you have your friends to rely on while you're here that can help you know, direct you or you meet new people and go off on an adventure. And then we do something really hard. And when you do something really hard, that's what really brings people together. When you're at that like last moment of like, I can't go any farther. But then you look to your front and to your back and there's people there and you, t you hear that in the military. You hear that with a lot of like, CrossFit gyms and people that do like really hard things together that people get closer. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. Like that's just part of what happened. Mm -hmm. Um, which obviously in that regard, we're talking about the hike, right? Is being, it was just so physically challenging. But I think again, before we get into that, I was going to say the last thing about kind of the group itself is that 
you know, we plan on planning a lot more trips in the future, right? This is something that we love to do. We're really good at it. The feedback that we get, people are like, you guys are meant to do this. Like your energy and because honestly, the, the trips are about the groups, right? They're about the people that come on these trips, right? Aaron and I plan really fucking amazing trips. Like yeah. I do know that and, and I really believe that uh, because we put a lot of love and thought and time and we want to create something that's really unique and different and off the beaten path and it, uh, just a, a really cool experience, right? Um, and we we take pride in that. And and so whatever, the groups are what make it, but I, I know that you and I infuse so much into these groups too. And so we plan on planning a lot in the future. And we've gone back and forth whether or not should we do a screening process? Should we, you know, um, the more people that want to come on these trips and for us going, keeping them very small, very boutique is something we're so, we feel very strongly about because the, when you have a small group, that is why we connect. If it was a group of 20, you're just never going to have those sort of connections. It's impossible. So that's something we really pride ourselves on and not pride ourselves on that. It's something that's important to us. Mm -hmm. So the more people that are wanting to come, the less spots there are. So we're like, should we screen, blah, blah, blah. And I think this group just really put it into perspective of, it's like, absolutely not. Like what we put, I I believe the energy we put out, we naturally are attracting Mm -hmm. the right type of energy. These badass people who want to come, get out of their comfort zones, have this experience, and really just trusting that the perfect people who come on these trips will. Yep. And we, we've done no screening process and, and, and we're like, wow, how could that have been the most perfect group? It just naturally happens. Well, every group. That's what I mean. It's like every group that has come together has been so perfect and magic and clicked together. And it's a beautiful experience where you're like, I can't imagine that being any other group for that particular experience. And so I think we just had that conversation of, we're going to keep doing what we're doing. We're not going to screen. We're not going to try to manipulate who's coming and this and that. We're just going to continue to keep this open and trust that Trav says community is just filled with the most badass, coolest people. And they're going to continue to show up on these trips. Totally. And I think it's something, you know, you just triggered something when you were saying that. And like we've always said in our own lives that you can't have selective faith. It doesn't work that way. Faith is good. Faith is bad. Faith is just straight across the board. Right. And so a lot of people will say, oh, no, this worked out great. So, yeah, like, this is what I have faith in. But when things get tough and you have to make those tough decisions, you have to trust in the faith that you have in yourself and what you're putting out there, even in the unknowns, right? Because you can't just be like, oh, like, maybe we should start screening. And what if this gets bad? Or what if, you know, like you just said, like, the the less spots, the the people, what you know, we want the energy to be the level it is. But the, these groups have come in and been the exact energy that everybody has needed and they've complimented each other. They compliment us and they compliment the group, period, end of story. And so with that being said, that's been a proven factor that, like you said, when you're putting out the energy, it's it's getting called in. And so we've done this now. This is our sixth group, going to be seventh. Mm-hmm. And it's been perfect. And so just keeping on with that and like understanding that the right people for the trips come in due to the energy that we put out and having that blanket faith all the way through. Oh, yeah. You mean faith just saying that, yeah, you're just trusting and that it will be exactly what it needs to be and it always is 
Right. Yeah. Right. Because okay. when you try to force things, that's when things get a little wonky. Well, and well like, right. And I think that's where we were talking about the screening process because we're like, right. our trips are so amazing and the people are amazing. How do we keep that energy in the group? How do we attract the right kind of people? Okay, let's have a screening process. Let's do this. Let's do that. And it's almost like you're trying to force it and manipulate it yes. where we're like, we haven't done it this far. Like, let's just continue to, to believe and have faith that the right people always show up and the people that need to be together always end up together and you and I don't need to try to control and if we do have a situation that isn't the best or we have a person that maybe isn't a great fit or whatever the case is we can evaluate that when it's happening instead of trying to control it beforehand correct so that was a big revelation too big time okay so so yeah, let, I mean, the, this trip was so much more than just a hike, but I think huh. like let's just kind of jump into the hike because I will say this trip was different than last year where we got to experience a lot of different things that we didn't do last mm -hmm. year. And all of our trips, like we like to really go beyond the surface and really experience all the different sides of the place that we're in. Mm -hmm. And Peru has food and it has the outdoors and it has the people and it has the culture and it's so multifaceted. A lot of people will just come to Peru and go right on the train and go up to Machu Picchu, take their pictures and be on their way. But it has so much depth and so much more to offer. And I feel like we really got into a lot of that with this particular trip. We did. And it really, like we said, we, we were, were constantly improving, constantly like learning and like the first time we were here, then we came here again and we got to see all these different little things that we could add and we did it. And then now going into group two, there's a little bit of manipulation that we want to do based off of like, you know, I was forcing myself to throw up in the first place of the food <laughs> tour because we did a cooking class all day long that we thought was going to be over at noon, which it was over at 2.30. We had a food tour at 4.30. I ate one street food thing, went to the first place and literally was so full that I was miserable, broke out into sweats, and like literally had to go force myself to throw up. And so I was like, well. That's a problem. That's a problem. And then I was in the bathroom with one of the guys, and he was like, dude, love food, could eat all day, but this is a lot. Yeah. And I was like, done. Like, we've already changed it, yep. actually. So thank you for letting me know that, but it's already been swapped for the next group. Yeah. Like, you live, you learn, you, you switch it up, and we're always making it better every time. The main thing with this trip was we did the Salcantay trek. So, like we said, we did Inca last year. That was amazing. That was really hard. Salcante, we didn't really know what to expect. And it was our first time doing it, which I also thought was really cool because we got to experience the first with this group, right? Mm -hmm. And we didn't know what to expect. We only knew from, you know, hearing from other, like, people, like, local friends here that have told us about it. But we didn't know what to expect. So we just went in with an open mind and with everybody else, like, let's fucking go. Like, we knew it was going to be hard. But honestly, that was the hardest physical thing that I've ever done. Yeah, and we learned. And I haven't fact-checked this, so I'm interested. I've been wanting to do it, so I'll probably do it tonight. But... Um, somebody told us on the trail that they researched it and it's the top five most difficult hikes in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, <laughs> I believe it. So then I was like, okay, that feels amazing. Yeah, we're like badasses. Yeah. Like, here's the thing. It was, everyone said like, okay, the first day is the hardest. And then after that, it's kind of quote unquote easy. Downhill. And I will say you know, because it's funny, you know, when people were in these groups and people were like, oh, like I thought they said it was going to, this part was going to be 
more flat or this part was going to be more rolling why Quote, are unquote, we going easier. why are we going straight up for 2 hours and i'm just like listen guys even when you say quote unquote easy, we're still in the Andes mountains, okay? Like nothing we do here is gonna be easy. Like even the easy quote unquote easy stretches are still gonna be challenging because of where we are. Mm -hmm. And there are guides, right? The guides who take us on these hikes and they're experts in these mountains and this is what they do. You know, their um, version of what they consider easy or five more minutes, that became a joke. They'd be like, okay guys, five more minutes. It's literally like 25 minutes mm -hmm. later, 30 minutes later. Straight like, up. What the, yeah. Their version's a little bit different. I think half the time they do that to kind of keep us inspired and motivated and going. And then the other half is just like, they do think this is easy. Mm -hmm. They're walking up these, you know, inclines and they're not even out of breath because no, this is what they do. They're carrying on conversations with us. And I'm like, I, I, I mean, I got like a line in me and that's it. I know. It's like Nancy was one of our guides, loved to pieces. And she loved to chat, which I appreciate. But I'm like, zip it, Nancy. I can't <laughs> even breathe right now, let alone carry a conversation with you. But you know what she's doing is she's checking in. I know. Which is smart, right? To see where you're at. Yeah. I think too, you know, so one thing with Salcone, so the first day is the hardest. So we are climbing, we're getting to 16,000 feet in elevation. So so altitude kind of is a... Great equalizer. It is. Because even the best hikers, when you are at altitude like that, it's going to affect people very differently. Mm -hmm. So we had one guy go to the hospital... Again, it seems like that's kind of our, mm -hmm. our, um, MO. yeah, we had somebody go to the hospital last year. He went to the hospital for altitude sickness. And what was interesting is, um, on rainbow mountain, which was, we did this before Salcante. So rainbow mountain is the highest elevation that we'll, we get to on the entire experience, like the entire, entire trip. It's like seven over close to seven. Yeah. yeah. A little over 17. And he was great. He was he sprinted up the last little bit of the hill. He was sprinting. He was showing us different poses. He seemed great. And then all of a sudden, we came down from Rainbow Mountain, and he ended Collapsed. up vomiting, collapsing. And it was really scary because mm. it can hit you. So another one of the girls on the trip, she was an expert hiker. And she's not, I mean, I take expert out. Like, she's an avid hiker, loves hiking. And she was going really fast and ended up getting sick. And and I think that was a big part of the conversation is you think you're okay and people go so fast and then it ends up hitting you and it completely takes you out. Well, they were saying too, because we had a couple doctor visits, uh, one person went to the hospital, but the doctor came a couple times and he said, it's funny because you we get um, world-class marathoners every year that literally are like, uh, I'm, you know, my lungs are in great shape. My heart is in great shape. And so they take for granted the altitude. And then he says, we have an entire hospital full of ultra marathoners because of the fact that like they're in so such good tune with their body that they think they can push a little bit faster than the guides go. And they end up in the hospital because it hits them immediately. Yep. And so it's about this like respect of just like, knowing the pace of the guides, why they're putting us on this pace, and then not going outside of yourself and constantly listening to your body because altitude is a great equalizer. Yeah. And I do think that people that question their in-shape ability actually do better because they, they go, go slow. slow. Yep. 
100%. That is the trick. Going slow, going slow, going slow. And it was, it's just, altitude is a crazy thing. And on that first day, so that's our hardest climb, our longest climb. And, you know, we were all beat to shit. And honestly, like, I think I'm in pretty good physical shape. Aaron is a beast. Like, you know, we're usually at the the top or the front of the pack. That's naturally we're we're quote unquote faster hikers. Like it just kind of that tends to be where we lie. Um I remember going and we hadn't even made it to lunch yet. And lunch was almost like half of our climb and just questioning myself of mm-hmm. like I don't know if I can do this. And of course I knew I'm not a quitter. I'm never going to give up. But physically, I felt I had to really check in. I had to really dig deep of like, I, I'm i not sure where I'm at. This is hard. I don't know if I can keep going. And it was a weird, I don't think I ever, I don't think I felt like that on the Inca. Yes, it was mm-hmm. hard. Yes, there were moments of like, damn, this is fucking hard. But I never questioned. Mm-hmm if I could do this physically and mm-hmm. I questioned it mm-hmm. and I got scared me too for a I, minute. we were all reflecting um that's kind of like what we like to do as well with the group just kind of like see where people are at like what they overcame and, and things like that and we were all talking and I, I was saying that from a you know quote unquote self-promoted beast mode that I consider that I have is basically I always know that I have like 30% more in the tank at my like go hard, right? And my go hard is is pretty hard. And so I would literally was on this Alcante trail with Kim. Now Kim step for step with me, which is very helpful because we can kind of go off each other. When she would break, I would break. And like, I remember thinking to myself, I need her to stop now because I have relinquished beast mode, relinquished the 30%, and now I don't know what to do. I don't know what I have left. And literally when you're at a point where you're just like right foot, left foot, right foot, like I had to tell my brain which foot to move because the tiredness, the (laughs) altitude, my chest was burning. Like it was like, wow, it was a great check-in, but it also triggers that mindset of just like, we're doing this again, and I want to improve. Yeah. And I don't know how, though. <laughs> you uh, know? Well, okay, I will say we have an advantage because... We've done it. We've done it. And in that moment, I think we didn't know what to expect because we were like, wow, this is so hard. I know we're stopping for lunch, and then we have another climb to the top, to the pass. And we didn't know what to expect, where now I feel like, okay, we kind of do know what to expect. So I think mentally we can check in. Um, and it'll be, it'll be a little bit easier for us. I also think we'll be able to coach the group a little bit more because we've already done it. Mm-hmm. Um, but pulling into lunch, right? We find, I think that was the other thing. We were so hungry um, and, and I felt like I didn't have any more energy in my body physically. So stopping for lunch was really helpful. Mm-hmm. But we stopped for lunch. One of the girls is puking outside of the tent. Um, another girl was crying and on the verge of puking because she was getting a migraine. And the just, guy that went to the hospital the, was struggling. Yeah, he was like, yeah, which, God, we'll talk. Like, he's just a, I'm such a beast. I'm so impressed with everybody. But yeah, even after going to the hospital, he's like, I'm going to do this. Like, I got this. I'm going to do this. But of course, we're worried, you know. Mm-hmm. But he, he, so he was like, obviously not feeling his best. 
And then I was in line to go. We ate lunch. I'm like, okay, I'm feeling a little bit better. We needed to like replenish our our calories, drink water, cook a tea, get all the things going. And I'm in line. We're getting ready to do the, the pass and like gearing up for it. And I turn around and, and one of the girls, like, I'm just like, okay, like, how you doing? And she just broke into tears. And she was like, she's like, I don't think I can do this. Like, I, I don't think I can do it. It makes me emotional to think about because we were all at such a high emotional peak at that point. And I just hugged her and I'm like, you can do this. We can all do this. We can all do this. We're in it together. And, and she's like, I don't know. I don't know. And, and just seeing people like that, it's just like, it, it was just so emotional. So um, what the guide was like, okay, cause we had an emergency donkey, which just kind of goes to show you, like we had an emergency donkey that follows the group. And if anyone needs to take a break or they have to return, the donkey will take you back down. And so the don she's like, um, the guide was like, okay, we'll have the donkey put you on and we'll get you up the pass. And so for her in that moment, it felt like a relief of like, okay. And they said, keep going. The donkey, we got to get everything cleaned up. We'll, we'll come get you, but like, we got to head out. So we head out and we were at, we're, we're going to the pass, right? Which is the highest point, the hardest climb. And we like fast forwarding, we make it up. Right. And we're, we're kind of, some of us are already there and we're waiting and we're like we're clapping for everyone who's coming up. And I see her coming, walking and like break down in tears. Everyone's crying. She's crying. She's like, the donkey never came. <laughs> the donkey never came. And she's crying and I'm like, but you did it. Did it. And she's like, I did it. I cannot believe I did it. One foot in front of the other. And she just kept going and kept going and she made it. And it was just like, I will never forget that of just like the donkey never came and she fucking did it. And, and that's just one example. That's just one because I mean, we had people with, uh, you know, excessive migraines that couldn't see that was getting like blurred vision and like putting one step in front of the other and reaching that point and, you know, checking in with the group and people were taking other people's backpacks and like just that support every step of the way was just like, that's the whole thing, right? We're getting emotional sitting here thinking about it because I can picture it, I can see it. And then the guy who was sick and seeing him come up the back of the mountain and like his personal emotional victory, whatever that is, right, for different people, seeing all those come to realization together and knowing that like nobody will ever take that from us because we did this as a group and we were literally 5, 10, 15 minutes behind each other, yeah. right? And Everybody walk their hike their own hike. We always say that hike your own hike and our guides were amazing and supportive and Everybody did it and you reach that point and it's just like holy shit, dude Look at how far we've come and it's such a Such a story for life too because you look at that and you're just like I Didn't think I could do this. I put one foot in front of the other I might have been slower than I thought but I did it and I got here and I'm standing at this peak with all these people and it's just an emotional response that like we can try to describe, but you can't. And I think we're all capable of doing hard things or doing things we aren't even sure we're capable of doing. And you learn so much about yourself 
on these trails or doing anything in life that you are really challenging yourself and you show yourself what you're made of. And there's so much confidence and love and deep inner connection that you form with yourself when you are doing these kinds of things. And just the group support and the rallying and the looking behind you and the looking ahead of you and seeing your friends and your family and the people that are also supporting you every step of the way, it keeps you going. And I remember, you know, getting up to the pass and before I saw it, and again, I checked in with myself and I'm like, oh my God, like how much longer? I can't keep going. And I turned the corner and I saw the sign Mm -hmm. and there was already... A couple, think two people that were ahead of me up and they're clapping and they're cheering. And I literally just busted into tears because I was like, oh my God, like I did it. Mm-hmm. I did it. And that feeling of just accomplishing something with like, within yourself that you didn't know was there. Uh, I don't know, an inner, an inner beast, an inner grit. It's like so fucking powerful. Mm-hmm. It really is. And I think... Did you want to say something? But mm. I had, okay, because there is um, another girl on our trip who we love. And like, we're not saying anyone's names, I guess. Like, cause no. we won't be calling, like, I don't want to call people out. I want people to feel like they're in a safe place that we can share stories and we will share stories, but we won't like call people out no. um, on these trips. Mm-hmm. But we absolutely loved her and she was amazing. And she, she was so much fun, brought so much energy into this group. And, you know, she was saying how, she always talks really negatively about herself mm. and like that her inner critic, her inner voice is a constant negative kind of push down on herself. And, and so we are all, you know, in these moments of, you know, knowing we are going to do the climb and different, like you got it. You have to, so how you speak to yourself is so important. And really being an inner cheerleader and it sounds so like, I don't know, cheesy, but it's like how you're speaking to yourself. Like in those moments, I'm like, I am strong. I am well, I am healthy. This body I have is carrying me to the top of this mountain. Like I am so capable of this. And, and honestly, that was just a loop in my mind. I'm strong. I'm confident. I'm healthy. I'm well, my body is this beautiful beast that is taking me up. Yeah. And, and like, that was like repeat, repeat every step. And it got me up and it fueled me. And I remember her being like, it's like one of the first times that she's ever like talk kindly about herself because she had to, because mm-hmm. she had to, that was the only thing left she had in her tank to keep her going. And like how, how powerful that was for her to learn a different way to speak to herself and then show herself what she's capable of when she never thought she could. It was her first hike. First pair of shoes, her, hiking shoes. Her first hike, her first that she's ever done. I'm like, girl, you went in with a bang because this is one of the hardest things you can ever do. But showing herself she was capable of doing something she never thought she could will change her forever. Yep. No, and I mean, she even said, because I had said it in the uh, briefing and it talked to her just individually of just like things of like, you know, we we're just saying like once you accomplish stuff like this, like you really it sets the limits like what's next. Mm-hmm. Like I, I surprised myself. So if I take this end and knowing I accomplished this, feeling like I did, the times that I do feel bad at home or whatever, whatever it is, like what's next? Cause I know I got that extra. And she just kept saying, when I go home, it's like, what's next? Like, let's go. Like, 
I'm going on these trips. And she even started the trip by saying, we were like, why did you come on this trip? And she was like, I'm uncultured. And like, she had never really been anywhere. And so she wanted to like learn. But the cool thing is, if you look at that, yeah, she might've been negative to herself um, with the words that she always said to herself, but she was so open-minded to everything else. Oh, 100%. And you, that is the key factor. You have to be open-minded to different cultures, different ways of doing things. Like, uh, open-minded to the abilities of yourself and open-minded to doing hard things and like open-minded to group travel and like there's so much that goes there but the key is that open-mindedness and that's what everybody on the group had and a positive attitude totally that is key honestly if you do not have a positive attitude a you, like you're not ever going to come on one of our trips yeah. <laughs> because it is the fuel that keeps us going. And if you do not have a positive attitude, you would not have gotten yourself up that mountain. Mm -hmm. 100%. And yes, we are complaining about things. And yes, we are saying this is hard. And yes, we are like, can I do this? I don't know. Of course we have moments. It's not rainbows and butterflies. Like it's hard and we're crying and we're broken. And we're like, what the fuck are we doing? But when you can click back in to that positive force, that life force within us and within the group, that is honestly what kept us going. If we would have, if every step I took, I kept saying, this is hard, this is hard, this sucks, I feel like shit, my knee hurts, my head hurts, I would never, ever, ever have gotten up that no. mountain. It's like you have to click into a different sort of energy in these groups. Mm -hmm. And and everyone, even through the complaining and the silliness, because honestly, sometimes you just have to laugh at what's going on because it's so hard. Mm -hmm. Like it was still in a, in a way that was up-leveling. Yeah. yeah. Um, and really powerful. And even with the guy who went to the hospital, the donkey um the was following him the whole time and our guy kept saying i think you should get on the donkey get on the donkey get on the donkey and he kept saying no 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 and for him his goal was that he wanted to do this on his own he didn't want to get on the donkey and not that there's anything wrong with if you feel like you need to get on the donkey or you need a break that's what it's there for it's okay if that's what you feel like you need to do but for him he wanted to do it on his own and he did and it was by the end, he started to feel like himself again. He started to yeah. feel better. He was eating and... Laughing and he was like talking. And it was like seeing him kind of come back to life. And like that was the goal he set for himself and he did it. I just... So many powerful, beautiful moments. Totally. Yeah. And Yeah. I mean, it was funny because we were saying we hope Sakante doesn't... Reliving it doesn't make us like nervous. It actually has rejuvenated me to like tackle it again with another group. Yeah. And I think we're doing the same thing again, but we're doing it with a new group. And I'm mm -hmm. so excited for this new group, this new energy to come in, to do this experience together, to see what comes up for this group, right? A lot came up on the other group. It was a very connective, emotional, open group. Um, and a lot came up for a lot of people. And it will be a completely different experience on this group. And I'm here for it. And I'm excited about it. And I just think, again, whether it's hiking Salcante or anything in your life, when you are putting yourself outside of your comfort zone and you're pushing yourself, you see what you're made of, you build confidence, you build an inner dialogue and voice within yourself that can truly 
move mountains, get you up a mountain, and is very, 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 very powerful. And it doesn't always have to be physical, but it's just the act of getting out of your comfort zone and doing something you didn't really know that you were capable of. And then you do it and you're like, fuck yeah, what's next? Mm -hmm. And you just build and you build and you build on that. And I just think it's the best thing we can do for ourselves in life. Totally. Also, Salkante, I'll say too, which was a little different is like, I like that we had a mix of we stayed in tents for two nights and then we stayed in little houses, little like a glass house one night and then a little hobbit house another. So it was a really interesting experience where Inca was just tents every night. This definitely had it was harder, but it all physically it was harder, but it also had a quote unquote bougier component mm -hmm. sleeping in a bed uh with power outlets and jacuzzis. You're like, am I at Showers, the Four Seasons? You know. Like, what's happening? You know, it's quote-unquote bougie for a trail. Yeah. It's not. But it feels that way when you're going from a tent to no showers to this to, like, having a bed with your sleeping bag and, like, a, yeah, a light. So it was a completely different experience. It was absolutely beautiful. It was breathtaking. Again, we were the only people out there. I gotta say, the only downside to Salkante versus doing Inca, Inca, you really learn the Incan history, mm -hmm. and like, there's so many, um, uh, what do you call it? Because it's not uh, ruins; it's called um, archaeological sites, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so, uh, there's so many archaeological sites, and you learn so much about how the Incan culture like worked, and how they transported things, and how they communicated, and all these different things and the lookout places and like you just see it all along the way and it's really cool to go into Machu Picchu through the Sun Gate like that whole thing. Salkante is more about Peruvian beauty, right? The landscapes, the the rainforest, the mountains, the sure? the cloud forest, the you know, just the different uh, birds and, and rivers and things like that that you're hiking along. It's it's one of the most gorgeous scenic hikes. I've ever done on top of being difficult, right? Mm -hmm. And so, but there wasn't a lot of like in-depth history, mm -hmm. right? We went to one archaeological site on our last day. That was it. Well, in Machu Picchu. In Machu but, Picchu. Yeah. But like, for the most part, it wasn't just like, you, you know, in the Inca, you're stopping every like couple hours at a new archaeological site. Yeah. To where so it almost different. got to the point where like, okay, like another one, another one, another one. Like, yeah, I get it. But I did learn a lot more and I did like that aspect um versus hiking yeah i think they both are very different you know like but we got to go to the coffee plantation which was next level yeah a coffee plantation in the middle of the mountains like got to harvest our own coffee beans and make coffee from scratch like that and we did a cooking class there i mean that was such a cool experience like because you're literally in the middle of the Andes Mountains. And then we just made coffee and kept walking. I'm like, what the hell's going on? Like, this is insane. Um, but yeah, the Inca and Salkante are just very different experiences. I like both of them for different reasons. Mm -hmm. And I did what with the Salkante. We were the only group. Like, you really didn't see that many other people, even at camp. Because on Inca, you are kind of separate on the trail. But at camp, the camps are pretty big and pretty busy. Where I feel like on Salkante, a lot of times it was just our group. Mm -hmm. Maybe a few other people. Few stragglers. But it was like, you're just, it's quiet. You're in nature. I did a lot of hiking alone on this one, um, which is 
really nice and you just got to connect with with Pachamama and yourself and it was really beautiful. So anyways. Yeah. We're fueling up for round two and I'm excited and energized. We slept basically all day yesterday. Well, because we didn't sleep at all coming home. Yeah, we'll talk about that on <laughs> next week's podcast yeah. with, the, with the Mexico trip because that was amazing oh in so gosh. many ways. We'll talk about that next week. But um, for now, I think we'll kind of leave it there. And mm -hmm. did you have anything else you wanted to add? Nope. All right. Well, I think that's it. That's I'm it. hungry per usual. Are you really? Well, yeah. I didn't just eat a huge bowl of raviolis two hours ago. Oh, they ago. were amazing. And, and, some, and samosas. Yeah, you pigged out. Yeah. But it was like 3 o'clock and I hadn't eaten all day. Well, I ate soup at noon, so I'm ready for some dinner. Let's go get dinner. Crawl in bed and refresh for tomorrow. Perfect. All right, guys. All right. Thank you for being here. You can follow along at, um, at Kim and Aaron G on Instagram with all of our adventures. And we will see you guys next week for another adventure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you should say it in Spanish. Hasta luego. Hasta luego, baby.